When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Dr. Raj podcast with Dr. Raj Dasgupta, a show all about educating patients, students, and aspiring doctors about better patient care. Dr. Raj is a quadruple board certified physician and associate professor at the University of Southern California. He was a co-host of the TNT series, Chasing the Cure with Ann Curry, as well as a regular on the TV show, The Doctors. And now, here's our show. Hi, and welcome to the Dr. Raj podcast. And what is this a podcast of? It's a podcast of happiness and wellness, amazing people doing amazing things, and of course, medicine. And I am pumped because April is Sarcoidosis Awareness Month, and we got a super big treat today. We actually have an iconic patient that has sarcoid it's going to share her story answer some questions and you know before i introduce her i gotta tell you i am a man of the 80s and 90s i gotta tell you that i've watched her on tv i kind of watched her movies so today's guest is actually karen duffy she goes by duff and i'm going to read her bio okay she is a new york times best-selling author producer former MTV VJ, that stands for Video Jockey, back when the M stood for music. Love that. She is a former Miss Coney Island Mermaid Queen. Pretty cool. And the winner of the Ernest Borgnine Now Lookalike Contest. And for those who don't know who Ernest Borgnine is, go watch a movie called The Dirty Dozen or the original Poseidon Adventure to find out. And Duff is on People Magazine's worst dress list. She gave me the bio, remember? Duff writes about the wisdom of Stoic philosophers. If she was the kind of gal who wrote words on her epidermis, that's the top outer layer of skin with needles and ink, her favorite quote would be, if you make beautiful choices, you will make a beautiful life. That would be her tramp stamp. (laughs) Her new book, Wise Up, is an Oprah top 10 book of the year. And with all those things being said, Duff, thank you for being on the podcast. How are you? I'm so grateful to be here, Dr. Raj. And I just want to thank you on behalf of all my brothers and sisters with sarcoidosis. Thank you for all the sacrifices you have made. Listen, while I was at the University of Colorado studying recreation, 
you were studying medicine. I was teaching skiing. So thank you so much for your for your sacrifice and for your family's sacrifice. Oh, you're amazing. And I want to say this before I forget. Uh, I want to say a huge thank you to the Life and Breath Foundation. They are a nonprofit organization for sarcoid. That's totally awesome. And the biggest heartfelt shout out to their CEO, Sean Hall. He's been my friend. He's always supported me and has been a great advocate for sarcoid. And Life and Breath is very lucky to have him involved. So with that being said, I do feel some people are going to ask the question, Duff, what is sarcoid? I'm going to put you on the spot. And I hate doing that. But in your own words, can you explain to my listeners what sarcoid is? I have neurosarcoidosis which is sarcoidosis is a rare disease. I live with it in more more of its rare forms. And as I understand, the cells in soft tissue becomes less permeable and granular like sand. And these cells group together in granulomas. Most often, on the epidermis and in the lung tissue, but can happen anywhere. And I have it in my brainstem up to my medulla, uh, and about from about the C7 section of my spine. So I am not your typical sarcoidosis patient, but the interesting thing is there is no typical patient of sarcoidosis. It hits us all differently. Wow. I might make you an honorary medical student. That was a really awesome answer. And for that, I could lead right into my questions, which is, you know, when we talk about your symptoms, how did you first present? I mean, you nailed it that sarcoid commonly affects the lung and you get cough and difficulty breathing. How did your air quotes sarcoid first present? What were your signs and symptoms? You know, Dr. Raj, it was, it literally hit me overnight, like a ton of, like, like a proverbial ton of bricks. It was interesting because I view myself as a very lucky, unlucky person. And I happened to be at Emmy Awards, uh, a show uh, that I was on, Michael Moore's TV Nation had just won uh, Best information TV show. And my date was George Clooney, who was there for ER. And back from the Emmys, I was like, wow, my neck really hurts. Did we have too much of the old loudmouth soup? Did I, like, <laughs> did we drink? No. And literally, it was one of those experiences of pain which erupted within me that I knew I had to go and get medical attention. So I flew from LA back to New York. My doctor stayed there later and I went to see him and he said, okay, you're going right in for uh, CAT scans and MRIs. And it did take about two years for a diagnosis. Oh my God. So that is not unusual mm-hmm. for people with rare diseases like sarcoidosis or in neurosarcoidosis. And during that time, I wasn't, you know, weakened by not knowing, uncertainty. I kept thinking, well, if there is uncertainty, maybe it's something that's maybe not bad. So I am so grateful for the care that I receive. I am a grateful um, patient of Western medicine. And I can't believe 
the miraculous life that I get to live while living with sarcoidosis. Now, let me ask you this. So when all this was going on and it took two years, which you said correctly, unfortunately, sarcoid is underdiagnosed, misdiagnosed, delay in making the right treatments and decisions. What what did you think was going on? You're like, this could be, you know, I'm getting bad tension headaches. I love the joke about the alcohol. Neurosarcoid wouldn't be high on my differential because like you said, it's a rare of the rare. Did you even think you have a rare of the rare disease? What do you think was going on? I would say within the first three weeks, my uh, general practitioner, Dr. Matarasso, I send Dr. Matarasso a thank you every time I say his name, because while I, I went back to see him and he said, Duff, we don't know what this is and you'll be handed off to neurologists. But he said, I want to just prepare you. And he said, when you're dealing with the serious unknown, there may be a possibility for charlatans to somehow, you know, try and get you to do a lot of unscientific treatments. And I just want you to beware. Yeah. And I thought the courage of that doctor, honesty, is something that I am so grateful for and so grateful uh, to Hippocrates for making the oath to guiding to be so honest with me. I'm deeply grateful. And a part of my therapy of living with sarcoidosis is mm -hmm. I write a thank you note every day. <laughs> so, you know, I want to ask that, you know, when you're finally told that, hey, the diagnosis is sarcoid, was it one that gave you a little relief? Like, oh, it's not cancer. It's not never ending seizures. I mean, or what was going through your mind when you heard that word and let me ask you this. I'm going to give you a two-parter. So sarcoid also affects every single organ in the body. What organs have you found out throughout the years sarcoid has kind of put their paws into? When I heard it was sarcoidosis, mm -hmm. I felt a sense of optimism. There's not a whole lot of information at that point. This is 20 years ago. Um, so I, I felt, oh, well, if it took this long to get this diagnosis and it is this mysterious disease of unknown origin, then, then there's, then there's room for hope. So what's interesting is it primarily presented in my brain and because your skull is a contained universe that the granuloma got so big that it crushed the nerves in uh leading radio to my neck and to both hands and feet. So um, I did have lung involvement, but that seemed to kind of resolve with steroids. And again, I'd write a love letter to steroids. It's not an easy drug to take, but boy, does it work. Yeah. Well, you know, it's good because our conversation leads nicely into my next question, which is medications. You I mean, there's a disease state and oh my God, I just, my heart goes out hearing to have sarcoid and what we call the central nervous system, the brain and chronic pain. But treatments for sarcoid sometimes could be just as bad, though beneficial as necessary. Um, what medications have you been on for sarcoid and what were those side effects from those steroids you mentioned? What did you have to go through? I was hospitalized multiple times with massive doses of steroids, like oh. 2,500 milligrams. So I did that for about 
a year. And then I went on, I matriculated up to methotrexate, which I took for seven years, and Tegretol, Neurontin. And uh, I am still on Neurontin, MS content, Elevil or Amyltriptyl. So those are what I take. And um, sometimes, I mean, I, I have glaucoma, um, which may be related to one of the drugs that I was on. But again, all those drugs and the incandescent radiant minds of my doctors have me alive. And I am just so full of gratitude. And in addition to kind of what I take as prescription medicine, reading and walking are a part of my day, a part of my prescription for health, just as much as sure. taking my medicine and taking my vitamins. Let me incorporate this because, you know, when I think about you, because no, you are my, one of my favorites. When I watched MTV. I loved you as a VJ. I call you a public figure. <laughs> so how is it communicating with friends, family, and the media when you try to explain what sarcoid is, especially because you kind of look okay on the outside sometimes when you have sarcoid. And the, my example for this was I did some research before this interview. I was watching your Charlie Girl Revlon commercials. Did you have sarcoid during that time? Yes, I did. And I was actually injecting myself with uh, the Trexate in the dressing room. Oh I was God. on steroids and my agent was there and she was concerned that I was lucky in my youth that um, I had a short career as a model. Most careers as models are short. And I will tell you, getting a chronic illness is no beauty treatment, but I figured I should just be honest with Revlon. And I said, you know, I'm not that tomboyish girl that you hired. Like, I don't know if I'll have hair the next time you want to shoot me. I don't know if I will be 20 pounds heavier because of the other medicines that I'm taking. So I just want to be honest. And they said, thank you for that honesty. And we hired you for your inner beauty. And it was incredible. They created an opportunity where for 20 years, I got to travel the world talking about women's health issues, which was great. Revlon cares about women's looks, but really cares about their health. So I was very grateful that that worked out. So, I mean, let me just go back to the first part of it. How's family and friends? I know you have an amazing son. I mean, when you try to explain this to family and friends, sarcoid, I have trouble explaining to medical students what sarcoid is. (laughs) How is that to your family and friends? I think because I am incredibly high functioning, but that's because my friends see me when I am, when I've been rested. I know that a lot of people have, have an issue when people express, well, you know, you look so good. And I think, and to that, I say, thank you. I understand that, listen, life is not perfect and we will all face obstacles. And some of my friends just don't understand and I don't expect them to understand because as you said, medical students have a hard time. 
So I try and give everybody a pass and think most people, their intent is to not be a jackass. <laughs> if they say something kind of dopey, I was like, probably not their intention. You know, so I try and be patient with others and patient with myself. But it is very hard to describe, especially because the number one symptom that I deal with is chronic pain. And because of the damaged nerves, I have what's called complex regional pain syndrome. Mm. And there's something isolating about being captive of pain. You know, pain reduces language. Uh, The word pain comes from the Latin puona, meaning punishment and penalties. Yeah. So it feels like you're being, you're serving a life sentence for a crime you didn't commit. And I felt that I could just try and make peace with it. It's interesting, Dr. Raj, like as a patient, we often Mm -hmm. hear people in the media talking about like, you know, we're going to fight this disease and we're going to battle it and we're going to blast these cells. And, (laughs) And I was like, I'm a lover, not a fighter. And <laughs> if I hated yeah. the pain that I live in, I would be hating too much of my life because it never stops. So like people always say, oh, she's suffering from sarcoidosis. I'm not exactly suffering. I'm not celebrating. I'd say I am negotiating with my illness. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So let me expand upon that because I think that, you know, a lot of people who listen to Dr. Raj podcast do have a lot of chronic illness and pain, not just from sarcoid. So I think you're going to be a good person to ask this question to is, what is your advice in people who are suffering from chronic pain, chronic illness. And let me combine that with a question one of my listeners had for you, which is how do you handle it when people don't believe that you have this chronic pain? Because once again, they can't see it. And to that listener, I'm here for you. You know, you can catch me on Twitter or Instagram, but I understand what it's like to be misunderstood. It is hard to get my medicine because of restrictions. And one of the ways that I look at pain is really, I've been very guided by the Stoic philosophers. And they said, you know, we can't control what happens. We can only control how we respond. So I believe that pain is inevitable, but suffering can be optional. So while I live in unrelenting, intractable pain, 
I'm not exactly suffering because I'm still trying to make the most out of each day. And to the people that are misunderstood, I understand. I mean, I have actually, people have, you know, stopped me on the street and said, you know, I have sarcoidosis and my mother doesn't understand. And she always says that Karen Duffy girl was like, let's get your mother on the phone right now. So um, (laughs) your daughter is dealing with a very serious disease. And if you see a picture of me on a magazine, it has been highly retouched and don't believe it. But, you know, it is hard to understand what you can't see. Expressing gratitude has been a way that really helps. Being of service. So it's not all about like me and my neck. And, you know, I have a couple. So that was one of the questions I had because I let people know, hey, got one of my favorite icons Mm -hmm. on today. So the sarcoid listeners, I mean, I have a bunch of them. Tell me if you haven't heard this one before. One of the patients is stuck on prednisone steroids. And mm-hmm. she wanted to know, um, how do you prepare or deal with those side effects, particularly some of the weight gain and swelling, the insomnia, you know what I mean? Anything that you could kind of give a little tip about being in the trenches yourself? Number one is I try and be kind to myself. And I do things like when I gain weight, you know what? I buy bigger pants. <laughs> and and when I am kind of titrated down, you know, you do get back yourself. It is not easy, but everybody faces obstacles. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, you know, I, I never really had a big problem with insomnia, but I did grow a mustache. But I could be the only Revlon model that could do an aftershave. Come <laughs> um, the, uh, you know, I, I pretty much got the, every textbook side effect without reading textbook. And (laughs) I also kept myself somewhat in the dark. Um, And my neurologist, I said, I don't know what's happening. All of a sudden I look like Uncle Fester. And he said, that happens. I was, you know, in my late twenties, early thirties. I was like, I thought I had a little more time. He's like, oh, you'll be fine. And you know what? He was right. And, uh, but it is difficult. And I will never, I will always honor my brothers and sisters who are taking it. I just know that where there are people who understand one thing my husband said was yeah. I became unbelievably punctual that the steroids yeah. normally like Oscar Madison and I'm a bit like pig pen. And my husband is like Felix Unger. I, w- I, he said the house has never been cleaner and I would like show up five minutes early with smoke coming out of my ears, realizing that that was a side effect. I was like, Okay, I can now laugh about it. And having a sense of humor about these side effects does really help. Now, I got to tell you, you are funnier than I thought you would be. I mean, <laughs> you got yeah. one-liners. But the last question from the sarcoid listeners, and I like this one, I, I handpicked it, was that, you know, everyone, sarcoid affects every single race and age and gender. And of course, in the U.S., African-American women get it hit really super hard. But there's, you know, I see patients of all ages. So they want to know, my patient, that if you were diagnosed in 2023, that's right now, you know, is there anything you would do differently from being diagnosed when you were? That was, you know, almost two decades ago. What would you do differently? Well, I'd still go on that date 
date with George Clooney. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see. You know, I did see a psychologist who deals with women who are struggling with a serious diagnosis. And it took me about two years to get there. And I wish I had done that sooner. I don't know how this doctor did it, but I didn't want, what happened, Dr. Raj, is I did not want to fall into a hole of depression and not know how to get out of it. I don't know. It felt like she didn't say a word, but somehow she got me there. And I will say I probably went to her for six months. And now 20 years later, I am still using kind of what she taught me. So I would say that's what I would do differently. I would okay. probably get my go to a um, a therapist a little bit earlier. No, and I, I kind of like an answer because not everything is just, hey, here's some Western meds, here's some medications. We do need those. But I'm glad you brought in a different spin on that. That was nice. And now I promised you you definitely have fans. So people just wanted to ask you fan questions. And my wife wanted to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. I have two more questions for you in general. These are not sarcoid questions. So I got to warn you. Um, so one of the responses I got when I told people you're coming on the podcast was, don't laugh at me. What was your favorite scene from Dumb and Dumber? And how did you keep up the comedy having a Jim Carrey on the set? My favorite scene is a scene that I wasn't in, but when um, Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels are singing the Carly Simon Mockingbird. Um, <laughs> and then yes. Pick up the pictures and sing. Spanish. I thought that was great. Jim Carrey is incredibly funny. And what was interesting is when we were shooting at the scene where it's at the airport, Jim, the thing is, Jim's really funny and he, mm-hmm. he's always doing these like very physical pratfalls. Okay. And so like he grabs giblets and he's like, Arr! and it was like the boy who cried wolf. Nobody took him seriously. Everyone thought he was joking. And so eventually I'm like, are you okay? And he's like, no, this is why I'm screaming. And he had to go to the hospital. And when they were putting him on in the ambulance, the uh, EMTs diagnosed that he had a gallbladder attack. Oh my! So I was like, Jim, can I have your gallstones? (laughs) And uh, after the surgery, he had a huge TV and he would, watching a video of his operation. So I was like, how about those gallstones? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, his girlfriend, Lauren Holly, she, she was pretty good though. She rented a nurse's, a sexy nurse costume. And uh, he goes, I gave her the gallstones. And I was like, I was going to make them into earrings for her, but who knows? And it's nice. I stay in touch with Jim. I just uh, produced a movie that, Peter Farrelly um, directed this year. So that's, it was a great experience. 
That's awesome. No, that that's I mean when I say iconic, not just you, the movies you're a part of, I still laugh. When it comes on reruns, I still laugh to this day. So the last question I'm gonna add, well, almost last question, but this is for my wife. You know what I mean? So my wife wanted me to ask you this. <laughs> she wants to know how is it being friends with the quote, sexiest man alive. And that's not me. It could be mistaken for me. It's <laughs> George Clooney. So how is that? We've been friends for almost 30 years. And I talk to him many times during the week. My husband talks to him every day that they're on a text chain. He mm -hmm. is the most generous, kind guy. Like, so mm -hmm. like knocked it out of the park with his career, with his work. I was lucky enough. He just got the Kennedy honor, uh, which is the highest honor for uh artists and he invited my husband john and i to Aww. join amal dc which was incredible and so on top of like all the great stuff and with his tequila every penny he makes from tequila donates to human rights yeah but he would never tell you that because there the whole idea of the ability to do good is its own reward. So he yeah. doesn't talk about all he does, but he is just the greatest guy, two most beautiful children. And I will tell you, Amal, if I could be like Frankenstein and create the woman that I would wish for my dearest pal, it would be Amal because wow. like their dedication to making the world a better place and to helping refugees and people who are struggling with human rights abuses it is just so elevating no that that was an amazing answer and i mean that's kind of why reason why on the inside my wife and i we do admire him for the exact same reasons now okay. let's switch it back to you because you i don't know if i could so-called a new book but you got a book that released this year and i'm like super meaning last year and i'm super pumped about it it was called wise up so i want to ask you Tell my listeners about the book and a little a quick synopsis and why did you write it? So Wise Up is a collection of letters based on the ideas of Stoic philosophy. And Stoic philosophy is the thesis is based on my favorite philosopher, Epictetus, who said, if you make beautiful choices, you will make a beautiful life. Mm. And we get the idea that, you know, you have to look like you're chewing bees to study philosophy. I will tell you that reading Stoicism every day has helped keep my spirit elevated, my heart open to generosity. And I wanted to share this with the world. And I wanted to make this almost a primer for people who are not accustomed to reading kind of dense philosophy and made the letters for fun. I addressed them to my son so I could add fart jokes and <laughs> keep it really light. So it has been a joy to kind of hit the life philosophy of the ancient Greeks and then illuminate it with enthusiasm and humor. So it has been a joy. I'm going to pull this question off the cuff. What, what is the next best thing, the next thing up on the agenda for you? What's your plans for the future? I mean, you're an awesome writer. What do you plan to do in the future? Well, you know, 
one of the things that stoicism is taught is to always look for opportunity. And I could no longer be an actress, not because of actually lack of talent could be a problem, but um, uh, I am no longer insurable uh, on a set. A production company will not insure someone as a lead character or someone to show up every day because it is not guaranteed. And it's not guaranteed that I will look the same in the course of four or five months. So I'd always been a writer. So I am now writing my new book, which is called The Optimistic Stoic. Uh, oh. I'm traveling to Tampa on Friday to get a speech at the Modern Stoics Stoic Summit. So it's been great. I've been traveling the world speaking about um, Stoic philosophy and optimism. And I enjoyed producing the greatest beer run ever. Um, but I really am most happy in my role as Mrs. John Lambros, as Jack Lambros's mom, Aww. and a writer and working on uh, my next book. I write every day. And that is, again, having something to do every day, having goals. We're all going to take punches, but having goals and understanding that we need to have a purpose. And the beauty of life is that our purpose will change as we matriculate through the years. So I am very grateful for where I am now. Well, you know what? Just one last thing. I just want to say first off that you're just really cool. And, you know, if you told me years ago this beautiful MTV VJ is going to be down to earth and I could talk to her like I talk to my buddies and we could curse and just make fun of each other. I wouldn't believe it. You're super awesome. And for my sarcoid patients, for my regular fans who are listening to the podcast, if they do want to learn more about you or get your tips, advice, purchase your book, whatever it is, is there any way they could follow you, find you or anything like that? Absolutely. Um, we have a website. It's called Wise Up Stoic. Dot com and I'm on Twitter and Instagram and I do check those but uh yeah listen we're all part of the same team we are part of the same family with um, sarcoidosis and truly Dr. Raj I want to thank you for devoting your life to unraveling this mystery and hopefully this is the start of a beautiful relationship. Definitely. And let me just say this is that it really means a lot to people with sarcoid. I see them here in my clinic at USC and I love each and every one of them. And it means a lot when people who are icons and pop and are popular, you know, to say that it, everyone can get hit with a chronic illness and pain and what even a disease you think you'll never get. And it means a lot that you speak up and you let people know that you will get a smile on your face in the future. So Thank you, Duff. Karen, you're amazing. Thank you, Dr. Raj. And I look forward to seeing you in person with our friend, Sean. And thank you. And to all of our brothers and sisters in sarcoidosis, it does get better. And that is a very special episode of the Dr. Raj podcast. Stay tuned for our next episode. And hey, I wish everyone the best. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of Ars Longa Media. Our producers are Madison Linden and Chris Brightigan. Our executive producer is Dr. Patrick Beeman. 
This podcast is for educational purposes only and not intended for medical advice. Ars Longa, Vita Brevis.